This is the start of something new. As you can see or hear, Founders Notes now has an audio component. So the company that I used to send my emails added this feature a few weeks ago. And as someone who podcasts, I was initially skeptical. But then I started testing it out and I realized, wow, this isn't even whack. In fact, it adds a completely new dynamic to my podcast notes. So those of you that already listen to my podcast founders will find these notes, uh, these new podcasts familiar. Uh, on Founders Podcast, I read biographies of founders and I talk about the ideas that I find interesting and useful. Well, on Founders Notes, I listen and take notes on podcasts with founders and I talk about the ideas that I find interesting and useful. Um, the difference here is you can actually see the notes that I'm working off of. And the only other thing that's going to change is how often that I send you my notes. I was thinking about this and doing it once a week with multiple different founders isn't the best listener experience. Um, so I'm going to be separating each founder into their own email with my notes and the podcast about my notes. This creates kind of like a daily podcast about the ideas of founders, which I think helps in my mission to let you know what other founders are thinking. So I'm going to start off by sending you an email every weekday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we'll just see how this goes. Okay, so let's get into today's notes. Um, these notes come from the founder of Hodinkee, and his name is Ben Clymer. And I think uh, his story, the story of Hodinkee is really important because I think it informs the vast changes that's going on with entrepreneurship today. Um, so Hodinkee is all about watches. And I, I'm not a watch collector. I, don't, I know very little about, about the world, but I think um, his ideas can be applied to virtually anything. So first he tells us how Hodinkee started. He's like, uh, Hodinkee began as my personal blog about watches. He began out of a love for these mechanical objects, a love of writing, and a love for the internet. So I think if, uh, start right there. Like that's a great way to start anything. I always talk about the reason I started Founders Podcast is because, you know, my main interests, like I love entrepreneurship, I love reading, um, I love history, and I love podcasts. So they're, they're, I com basically combined all that into, um, you know, Founders Podcast. So it says, uh, Ben continues, it quickly evolved into creating original storytelling, original videography, original photography, and really strong writing. So that's what they're known for. Um, he says, this was, this was back in 2010. I was a graduate student in journalism at the time, and my professors were curious how I could pay my rent in Soho from a blog about watches. Um, so something that he, he talks about in the podcast is that Hodinkee was profitable from day one. And originally just started out as a one-person company. Uh, and he didn't even think, really think about his company. He just had a Tumblr blog uh, about mechanical objects. And he just kept writing. And then uh, would make a little bit of money on advertising. And then th this podcast is basically how they're making, they've been making the switch from advertising to commerce, which I think is um, actually more of the future of entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, so he talks about, he's like, this is kind of strange. Like, how am I able to pay rent in Soho while I'm going to school just off this little tiny blog. And then he says, what I realized is we hit on something that hadn't, that hadn't been touched before, an approachable vehicle to explain this world of high luxury to men. And he makes a really good, important, uh, really um, interesting point here that I never even considered. He said, most luxury publications are focused on women. Kind of makes sense, right? Um, that now he has this, un, like this untapped niche um, that's very different from like there was plenty of publications about watches, but he'll get into in a minute how it's all they were all industry and like trade based. There wasn't uh, done from like an enthusiast. And I think one thing that is universal to all humans that people pick up on, they pick up on passion. Like everybody understands passion. So Ben and the, the writers of Hodinkee clearly have a passion for for mechanical watches. So then he talks about 
like this was kind of a surprise that this happened, which is, you know, usually a sign of a good business, how it's being pulled out of you instead of being you pushing it onto others. He says, I never intended to turn this into a business. I wanted to be a journalist. Hodinkee got me into journalism graduate school. He, he thought he was going to be a writer, like a lifestyle writer. While I was in graduate school, Hodinkee really took off. So they had some initial success. It said, after some initial success, like Time named Hodinkee one of the 50 best websites in the world, we launched an e-commerce platform, and their e-commerce platform was built on Shopify. He talked a little bit about the tools he used. So they switched from Tumblr to eventually Squarespace. Uh, they use Shopify. I don't know if they have like the their own custom, because now I think he has up to like 20-something employees, so they might be building these tools in-house. I'm not sure. Um, and the, this was the, f- the, the first like kind of foray into commerce. He said, we designed some straps for vintage Rolexes and Omegas etc brands like that right and so these straps will have they'll uh, you can use them for specific watches but they'll have hodinky branding on them as well and we'll get into how powerful that can be for these actual brands and i'll give you some actual numbers in a minute so said we sold out instantly in just a few hours and so now he talks about the business model of hodinky which i think is a very powerful the most important part of this entire podcast and how you can think of how you can apply it to whatever it is you're working on. Now we do limited edition watches. We collaborate with high-end watchmakers to design products that say Hodinkee on the back. They are sold exclusively through us. We take a margin just like any other retailer. So I know some, a few people that work in the watch industry. Um, and they actually, uh, these the, the sales that they're talking about here, um, it's very it, it's typical that this, the one day sales Hodinkee will do with your brand will move more product than your own retail stores do in a year or two. So it's extremely powerful when you have a community that you're actually serving with useful information because that's what he talks about. Like we're educating people. We're just and that's a, like what human do you run into that's not curious? Well, if you run into human that's not curious, avoid that person. So everybody's curious about something. And if you just kind of collect information that you find is interesting, if it's interesting to you, it's probably interesting to somebody else. <laughs> um, and therefore, like you have, you're bringing value to that person. And these, and you're, the people that you're bringing value to you will reward you for doing that because it's, you're doing them a favor. You're doing something that, that makes their life better. And in these case, if you're really into watches, then the information that Hodinkee cover, uh, uncovers for you and takes a lot of time presenting and putting together like is useful. And if they say, hey, also, if you want a piece of the Hodinkee brand and you might like this watch too, well, what's the result? They're selling out in a day. Um, before we get into those numbers, though, I, I love this idea. And he talks about one of the best, like the most the things that made him most successful in business is what he didn't know. So he says, one of the greatest things that ever happened to me was what I didn't know. When I started Hodinkee, I didn't know what a publicist was. I didn't know what a marketing person was. I didn't know anything about the media's relationship with industry. If I did, I would, I would have reached out to them and asked what they wanted me to cover. I was writing, and this is so important, especially like uh, something that I'm extremely passionate about. I was writing about the stuff that I was interested in. As an enthusiast, I use the word evangelist, but enthusiast is even better. This is what ultimately differentiated us. And then I left a note for myself, or for you guys. Um, innovation usually comes from industry outsiders. If you want an example of this, listen to uh, Founders uh, Podcast number 61. I linked to it in, um, you'll probably already subscribe on your podcast player, but if not, I linked to it in the email too. Um, because I just did a podcast on Malcolm McLean. And actually, you know, how uh, Ben was just talking about they built on Shopify. I found out about this book called The Box, which is all about the invention of the shipping container from 
another podcast with the um, with the founder of Shopify, Toby Lutke, I think might be how you pronounce his last name, but I could just be making that up. But Toby um, is a really interesting thinking in general, so I'd, uh, if you can learn more about him, I definitely would. I've covered him in the past uh, episodes of Founders Notes. If you want to, um, if you're a subscriber, you already have access to the archive. You can go back and look at that. But he makes the point that um, uh, everybody, uh, like the 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 idea for a shipping container was in plain sight for a long time, right? Everybody had different ways to think about it, but they were all siloed into whatever industry you're in. So if you were in a trucking industry, or excuse me, in the shipping industry, you'd only thought about it in, in shipping terms. If you're in a train uh, in the locomotive or a train industry, you thought about it in those terms. Malcolm just said, no, no, it doesn't matter. Like the the end customer which is businesses that want to ship products all around the freight, all around the world. They don't care about trains. They don't care about boats. They don't care about any of that. They just care about moving it most efficiently through the, through the world at the lowest cost. Um, and even though that idea was hiding in plain sight for decades, it took somebody that was a complete outsider. In this case, Malcolm was running a trucking company and then kind of sold his trucking company uh, abruptly and went all in on this container idea with shipping to actually figure out like what was the best way forward? I feel that Ben is doing the same thing here. He hit on like most of the ind- what he's talking about. Uh, this 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 sentence he uses here. Let me look for it. It's uh, I uh, I didn't know anything about the media's relationship with industry. What he's talking about there is like these trade publications. They they go to the the manufacturers like okay show us your new products. What do you want us to write about? You know so they're glorified it's editorial, but it's it's really just like a thinly veiled ad. That's not the same as somebody saying, wow, look at this watch I found. I've used it for, you know, three a uh, week or whatever the case, doing an actual like in-depth review. Or I just read one. And again, I don't own any watches. I don't care about like necessarily about this world. But I found myself reading some of their, um, they have this piece about like these 19, these vintage Rolexes. And this guy, the, the writer is telling a story about seeing like, I think it was his uncle or his father. I can't remember exactly who. Uh, with it, you know, when he was a little boy, then uh, now 20 years later, he's researching the how the watch is made, and they, uh, so throughout the story, they have these beautiful images, I'm like, wow, once I finish reading, I'm like, I can see why you sell so many of these, and that watch was something like $36,000, and they're selling a lot of them, um, so I just think, like, again, when you cover it, like, passion is universal, you can tell when somebody's writing about something that, that is, like, glorified press release, as opposed to somebody that's like, wow, this dude, or this woman, or this person is really into this. That's attractive. Um, I told you one of my oldest friends um, uh, is obsessed with snowboarding. Um, so he's been doing it for 15 years. He moved across country just to be closer to it. And so in the last year, like I've tried to learn. And only because I've had you know dozens of conversations and he tells me about how like his passion, that passion attracted me to something that I never even thought to do. Um, so again, I think this can be applied to so many different projects, anything that you're into, like any business is interesting, you know? Um, I mean, I read 400 pages on shipping containers. It's interesting. Like if you're interested in that stuff, like it, it, so, um, I guess my point is like, this could be just applied to just so many different domains. Ben just happens to hit on something that, um, that, you know, a lot of, uh, sub, I think he calls it like a tiny industry or not a tiny industry, but like a, you know, it's a, it's a niche business. He, he, he grants that, Hey, luxury mechanical wa- watches in today's modern age are completely super- superfluous. Um, you know, cause your phone can tell time. Um, but you know, if you, if you, if you're not doing it from like a bourgeois, like a bougie kind of thing, but you're saying, Hey, look at the detail, look how they made this, the, they made this watch 60 years ago and it still works. Like, look at how the mechanic, this watch will work in 150 years. Um, I just went to a watch museum back in, I think November and they had a watch there that, uh, had been running since 1850 and was still running. 
you know, again, I'm not into watches, but I found that fascinating. And they talked about like why they created it for this person. And they were, the guy was, a uh, uh, what are they called? I mean, now you just call them, they're on boats, but they were explorers, I guess is the, the word. So anyways, and still running to this day. All right. So he says, high end watches are a champagne and caviar world. That's not me. You can appreciate watches like I do in a way that has nothing to do with cost. So that's kind of what I was just talking about. And this is interesting. He says, Hodinkee started as a media brand. So we just talked about there's a blog. Now we view, he's running the company. So he says, now we view Hodinkee as a consumer brand that does media. That's interesting, right? We sell 25,000 straps a year and we sell a few thousand watches a year. So that's the power of what is something I always talk about the podcast is like this new world we live in where you can have tiny, tiny teams that have an outsized uh, impact because of the, the, the leverage that is technology. It's amazing. The world that we're going into uh, says we have an anti height. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because he's, he's selling 25,000 straps a year, a few thousand watches, and they have 20 people, 28 people, whatever the number is. We have an anti hype beast model. Hodinkee is about quality made products that are made to last things that have a design ethos that is not trend specific. This is about lasting design, something that will look great year, great years down the road. So I love that. Um, and he, you know, that could be a watch, a car. Um, I would say it's more like I'm interested in ideas that don't change. That whole, that whole Jeff Bezos, uh, one of his fundamental principles is that you should be investing in parts of your businesses that uh, won't change. The things that are true today that will be true ten years from now. And he talks about like, you know, ten uh, today people want low, lower prices and they want what they order as fast as possible they'll want that 10 years from now they'll want that 20 years from now they're not going to say 50 years from now hey i wish i could be paying more prices and i wish you would send me my stuff slower so then that informs the part uh of your business that you can actually invest in constantly because those things don't change i think that's a good idea um, he says you were bootstrapped for a long time now you raised money why and so ben uh elaborates on this here he says i was in an anti-venture capital for a long time because i didn't want to build a big business I wanted to build a wonderful business for me. I think that's a really great perspective. Kevin Rose and Tony Fidel convinced me to take some money and build this together. Kevin Rose, most of you know, he's famous from Dig, uh, founder of Dig. He's got a podcast. He's uh, got a, I actually use this fasting um, app called Zero. He's got another meditation app called Oak, investor, all kinds of stuff. Uh, he makes really good content. I was watching Dig Nation back in the, the long time ago. <laughs> um, actually, I, one of the ideas I got uh, how I originally stumbled on doing Founders Podcast came from watching Kevin's podcast, Foundation. He has this this, uh, this interview with Elon Musk. Um, it's on YouTube. It's a really great... Uh, um, it's worth your time watching. It's like 20 minutes. But anyways, he asked Elon, he's like, how did you learn about business? Like, did you read any business books when you were just starting out? He's like, no, I don't read business books. I think biographies are helpful. And he starts naming things like Ben Franklin and all these other people. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's really fascinating. So... That, that idea stuck in my mind for a year or two before I started the podcast. And uh, Tony Fidel is, uh, he was at Apple for a long time. I think he was in instrumental in the design of the iPod, but he also was the uh, founder of uh, Nest, the, the thermostat for your house. So they're friends. Uh, he, he's friends with Tony. And Fidel. He didn't go out and like fundraise. He, they approached him. Uh, Kevin had a, uh, an app at the time called Watchville. And so they wind up... Um, um, merging and then kevin ran the company for like a year or two and added some investment so he says all of our investors are fans that's the difference for us another investor of theirs is uh, jason freed of Basecamp. 
Um, okay, so it says, this is really smart move by Ben here. He says, we must stay focused. We are a watch publication. We have no plans to make content for other products. So he's talking about, well, aren't you going to get pressure to expand out? Now you're in watches. Like, why don't you go into other high-end things like cars or houses and stuff like that? And he's just like, we're not, you know, like that. What our our enthusiasm for for our for watches is our superpower. We're not as enthusiastic about other things, and so why would you spread? It's much better to just try to dom to try to like not dominate the wrong word, but like stick to what you're the best at. So it says, um, it is tempting to for your own vanity to say I could do this again in cars or architecture, etc. We have a wonderful opportunity ahead of us in watches. He was talking about the uh, Swiss uh, the mechanical watch industry, twenty billion dollar year industry. He says, it would be foolish to take our foot off the gas and go into other domains. We don't, and this is such a, I love this idea. We don't want to be the biggest anything. We just want to be the most influential. And so the, his, the next note I have is he has the differentiation between having an audience and having a lot of traffic. He's like, we have an audience, not just traffic. We have a real community. We'll say, hey, come to this bar tomorrow at 6 p.m. and hang out and talk. And within less than 24 hour notice, a thousand people will show up. They are excited to come bullshit about watches with other watch people. And uh, the final note, Hodinkee storytelling moves a lot of product. That's actually my note. We made, this is an example, we made 36 watches at $45,000 a piece. And we sold them out in 20 minutes. We had 400 people on the waiting list after. The only promotion of that watch was one blog post on our site. We are creating the demand, and we are fulfilling the demand. So that's uh, why one of the reasons why they're moving from ads, because talk about advertising, you know, they're paying us peanuts, and we're moving all this product. Like, if we're creating demand, why don't we fulfill it? And you see the result. One blog post. Well, first of all, you have to build a passionate community, and you have to actually provide them value beforehand, right? But once you do that, one blog post can move 40, 36, 36 watches at $45,000 a piece. And it can do so in 20 minutes so i just did the math that's 1.6 million dollars worth of sales in 20 minutes from one blog post okay so that's uh the end of my notes for this if you want to listen to the full episode i'm going to link them down in the email as best i can um the problem is like uh a lot of these uh like let's say i want to link you to apple Podcasts, right well i can only link you to apple Podcasts in the u.s store but there's people that read the uh, email and subscribe all over the world so i'm using this tool called podlink That'll pull that it's a uh, basically has every single um, like common podcast player. So you click that, it'll pop up, and then you you pick which podcast player you use. And then the only I can't link to specific episodes, but I can tell you like the date it was published because most podcast players uh, like once you get, get to actual podcasts, it's it's or in reverse chronological order by date, I think by default. But anyways, if you have the date, you can find it easily. Uh, I'll work on a better solution than that. But uh, And I also link if you want to uh, listen to it on the wonderful internet. All right. Thanks for reading. Thanks for listening. And I will be back tomorrow. So I'm going to, I'm putting this out on Sunday, but from now on it'll be, uh, I'm going to test Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. So I'll be uh, in your box at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow. I don't know how long these podcasts will be. I, I think some of them will only be five minutes. This one might, might be a little longer. Um, but, you know, I'm not, I, I, it's not going to be a set time. It's just whatever I find interesting. And if I have something else to add to it that I think you'll find interesting is useful to you, then I will. Um, so, all right, that's it. This is the first one down and hopefully, you know, thousands to go.